the scripture reading this morning will come from Revelation chapter 5 and verses 3 and 4. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open it and read the scroll or to look at it. Maybe seated. Once again, we do want to say welcome to all of our guests. We're glad that you're with us. At this time, please pass those attendance cards to the inside aisle, and these young men will pick them up at that time. Turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5. Please uh, do pick up a um, bulletin. There is a lot of information in that bulletin that I can't cover. I don't have enough time to cover in this sermon. So please pick up your bulletin so you can do that. It was August 2010 that Judy Rivers discovered that she had a problem. In fact, she had a major problem. She had went into one of her local banks with the intent of opening a new account. And as she was sitting there at the desk, along with the uh, bank representative, uh, everything was going smoothly until the bank representative asked her for her social security number. The lady typed in the number on her keyboard. She gave a kind of a frown and said, uh, Miss Rivers, I'll be right back. In a few moments, she reappears with the bank branch manager. The bank manager sits at the desk and once again looks at the computer screen and she, lo she looks up and says, Miss Rivers, we can't open up a new account for you because according to Social Security Department, you're dead. Judy said, what? Yes, you're dead. Judy Rivers was one of about 12,000 victims a year that are victims to a mistake. Somewhere, some Social Security office, somebody has hit the wrong key and they have listed that person as being dead. Now, you would think that would be uh, an easy mistake to correct. Uh-uh. We're talking about government here. It can take up to a year to correct a mistake like that. Because you can't just show up in a Social Security office and say, Hey, look at me. I'm alive. You've got to prove that you are who you say you are. And that takes some time. Is it frustrating? Yes, it's frustrating. You know, dealing with uh, government bureaucracy can be absolutely frustrating, but it often is. No human government can truly make things better. Now, they always say they'll make things better, but often they fail in the long run. No world leader has ever been able to bring about lasting peace. Many have tried. Augustus Caesar Around the time of the birth of Jesus, he, he had a plan. He had a plan for peace, for prosperity, for good things to happen in his empire. But see, there was a problem. He had a, a lot of health problems. 
he had a lot of issues, health issues, and he wasn't for sure that he would live long enough to see his plan enacted. So what did he do? Well, he wrote down his plan. He wrote his ideas, his glorious plan, on a scroll. He rolled up that scroll, and he had that scroll sealed with seven seals. Don't miss that point right there, okay? He had it sealed with seven seals. Then he sought for a worthy successor to the throne. He sought for someone who was worthy to open his scroll and implement his ideas for world peace. The search began with Augustus Caesar, and the search continues. The early Christians to which John is writing to, they knew the story of Augustus Caesar. They knew of his search for someone worthy to open up his scroll. They knew that story. And the search continues. Even in heaven, they are looking for such a ruler to bring the world together for lasting peace. Chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, remember we, we were introduced to the throne last Sunday morning, a scroll written inside and on the back. It's complete. Nothing can be added to it. It's complete. Sealed with what? Seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel. Notice what I say about that in the bulletin article. Proclaiming with a loud voice, Who? Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven, no one in heaven, or on the earth, or even under the earth, dead, was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll and to look at it. They found no one, even in heaven. They found no one worthy to rule. They found no one with the skills to bring about a lasting peace to this world. Augustus Caesar, <laughs> he couldn't do it. His new era of peace and prosperity brought what? Civil war as his successors fought for power within the kingdom. Later on, King Arthur. King Arthur couldn't do it. He sought to bring about what? The kingdom of summer. His dream, King Arthur's dream, was a kingdom where each man protects his brother's dignity as his own and where war and want have ceased, and all races live under the same law of love and honor. Even so, his reign helped to usher in the Dark Ages. Even the godly Puritans that came to our, our land, even they failed. They came to the new world to set up their kingdom of God, they tried to set up a perfect society based on biblical principles. It was a noble dream, but it failed. 
It failed in just one generation when their children did not embrace their faith. Today, despite the best efforts of world leaders, we are no closer to world peace than we ever were. Human beings have set up all kinds of government systems, all types of governments, but each has failed to produce the results we're all looking for. You take, for example, communism. In communism, you have two cows. The government takes one and gives you part of the milk. In socialism, you have two cows. The government takes one cow and gives it to your neighbor. In fascism, you have two cows. The government takes both and sells your milk. In the Nazism, you have two cows, the government takes both and shoots you. In a bureaucracy, you have two cows, now get this, the government takes both, shoots one, milks one, and pours the milk down the drain. Okay, that sounds like uh, not a bureaucracy government. Finally, in capitalism, you have two cows, you sell one and buy a bull. Now, those of us who grew up on a farm, we understand that one, okay? That makes sense. You know, that's the one that I like the best. But guess what, folks? Even in that system, we have a problem. What if you don't have any cows? What if you only have one cow? All human systems fail and will continue to fail to bring about lasting peace and prosperity. No one is worthy here on earth to rule. No one here on earth has the skills necessary to bring the world together, and we despair of ever finding such a one. According to a 2020 survey done last year, Less than 17% of the U.S. population trusts the government to do what's right either always or most of the time. Is there no one worthy to rule? My friends, there is. There is somebody. Verse number five. But one of the elders, remember we met the 24 elders last Sunday? One of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. That means he's conquered. He has prevailed. And because he has prevailed, he can open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Who is this? It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's the one that was foretold way back in Genesis chapter 49. He's the root of David. He's the one foretold in Isaiah chapter 11. He can open the scroll and its seven seals. Friends, that's good news. That's gospel. Heaven has found someone worthy to rule the world. He is none other than Israel's Messiah, Jesus the Christ. He is the Lion of Judah, the man of courage and strength. He is the Root of David. He is the great King David's King, the King of all kings. He alone is worthy to rule. Why? 
He alone has conquered. It says He has prevailed in verse 5. He alone is victorious. My friends, He succeeded where no other king has ever succeeded. King Canute was the Viking king that conquered much of Europe. He even conquered England. And while visiting England, he wanted to demonstrate to his subjects how powerful he was. So he had, notice he's sitting on something here, he had his throne moved down to the beach. This is a drawing of this event. You see his ships off in the water. He had his throne set right up there, right against the water line, and he commanded the tide not to come in. He said, water, don't come in. Guess what happened in a couple of hours? His throne is covered with water. He could not stop. He could not stop even the tide. But how about Jesus? On the other hand, Jesus once said to the waves, Peace be still, and instantly, not in five minutes or twenty minutes or an hour, instantly they stopped their raging. One of the Roman emperors once opened all the prisons and released all the prisoners. Then he said, And now, would to God, I could open all the tombs and give life to the dead. He couldn't do it. He failed. He failed. But Jesus, Jesus is the one who can do it all. Jesus succeeds where no other king has succeeded. He overcome, he overcome all. The early church needed to hear that, and we do too. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, He has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. The early church needed to hear that, and so do we. The Bible says, by his death, he destroyed him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. The early church needed to hear that. And so do we. He overcame death itself. The Bible says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O sting, is your O death is your sting? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The early church needed to hear that. And we do too. You're probably wondering about this picture. I popped it up for a purpose. I want you to wonder about it. Back in June of 2005, seven men in Ethiopia abducted a 12-year-old girl intending to force her into having sex with them, force her into being their wife. They beat her every day. She cried every day. But her cries went unheard because they were out there in the bush. No human around. Well, I guess I need to change that, though. I said her cries went unheard. Three African lions 
heard her cry. They bounced out of the bush, chased away the men, and for the next two days they stood vigilant and guard protecting the girl. Now, why did those three lions do that? No one knows for sure. One wildlife expert suggested that the girl's crying, her whimpering, could have sounded like a, a lion cub. Maybe that's the reason they protected her. But for whatever reason, the predator lion served as her protector. This 12-year-old girl was helpless. She was powerless to change her horrific circumstances. But something more powerful than her captors came along. We too are powerless to save ourselves from sin and death. Our only hope is in who? Christ, the Lion of Judah. He and He alone is worthy to rule. Why? Because He has conquered. He's a lion. And second reason, second reason why He's worthy to rule, because He was crucified. He was crucified. You see, He's not only a lion, He's a lamb who was slain as a sacrifice for our sins. He was violently and brutally slaughtered in our place. Verse 6, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. You say, Michael, wait a minute. I thought you said that the one worthy to rule is a lion. What is this weak, seriously injured little lamb doing standing there? Yes, Jesus is that lion, but he's also that lamb. But he's no ordinary lamb. Finish verse 6. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Seven is the number of perfection. Once again, I call your attention to the bulletin article. And he has seven horns, perfect power. Seven eyes, perfect insight. Seven spirits in the earth, perfect presence. The Lord is that all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing God. He is truly worthy. Verse number 7. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He takes the scroll from God the Father. God the Son claims the right to rule from God the Father. He alone claims the right to break the seals of the book of the scroll, which contains the Father's plans for the world and what would be happening to those early Christians. You see, that scroll 
is all the details of what will happen to the Christians. Once again, call your attention to the bulletin article. Those of you who are watching online, go to our website, hotspringschurchofchrist.org. You can pull up the bulletin right there. Verse number 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Remember, we explained that last Sunday. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Prayer is important. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy. No one else, just you. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us through the fact that you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood, who out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Furthermore, you have made us kings and priests. We're kings. We're priests to our God, and we shall rule on the earth. We need to hear that. Just like the early Christians needed to hear that. Auschwitz was the first German concentration camp to exterminate prisoners. On one particular day, the commandant had selected ten men from one barrack to die by a firing squad. One of those ten men was a father of a very, very large family. He fell down at the feet of the commandant, begging him not to, not to kill him. He had children. They had children that he needed to uh, help out with and support. The commandant... The commandant was unresponsive. He didn't really care about this Jew. Then the man that had been standing next to the one on the ground, a man named Maximilian Kolb, he stepped forward. He offered his life in exchange for the man on his knees. Surprisingly, the commandant agreed for the switch. But instead of standing Maximilian Kolb before the firing squad, the commandant threw him into a tiny, damp cell and never gave him any food at all. No food, no drink. And Maximilian died of starvation. Today, Maximilian Kolb is honored by millions of people because he died in the place of one man. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus deserves even greater honor because his death delivered not just one man, but men out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. More than that, Jesus' death delivered us not just to eke out an existence in a prison camp, his death made us kings and priests forever. The early church needed to hear that. Remember, that's the purpose for John writing, by inspiration from God himself. 
The early church needed to hear that, and so do we. Have you trusted and obeyed the Lord? If you haven't, you're still in a death camp. You're still condemned. Or as John chapter 3 verse 18 puts it, you are condemned already. You need to trust in Jesus, to put your faith in Him, to obey Him, and find true freedom. Find release from your spiritual prison camp. But not only that, you also find royalty. When we obey the Lord and become a Christian... He not only saves us from our sins, He also makes us kings and priests in His kingdom. Jesus is the only one worthy to rule because He has conquered. He's a lion. And He was crucified. He's a lamb. Therefore, He has control. He is the Lord, the sovereign king of the universe. The angels themselves declare it. Verse number 11, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times, 10,000s and thousands of thousands. This is an unbelievable number of people that John is trying to describe. Saying with one voice, with a loud voice, Worthy, worthy, is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. Notice, power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessings. What is all this? These are all the attributes needed by a king. Power, the authority to rule. Wealth, the resources to rule. Wisdom, the skill to rule, might, the strength to rule, honor, the respect needed to rule, glory, the reputation of a great ruler, and praise, the adulation of grateful servants. These are seven attributes which speaks of perfect and complete authority. Jesus is God's perfect Son. Perfectly suited to carry out the Father's plan and perfectly suited to rule and to reign forever. The angels declare it and one day, one day all creation, circle that, all creation, will declare it as well. Verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all of them, I heard saying, Blessings and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders, remember they represent the saved of the Old Testament and the saved of the New Testament. The 24 elders fell down. They fell down and worshipped Him who lives forever and ever. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow 
of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not a question of whether or not you will bow down before Him. It's only a question of when. Either do it now, voluntarily, or you can do it then, the judgment day, involuntarily. I say to you, why not do it today? Why put it off? Why not let Jesus rule your life today? Surrender, surrender your life to His control. Submit to Him as your Lord. Then and only then will you find peace. Then and only then will you be all that God wants you to be. For Jesus and Jesus alone is worthy to rule not only the world, but your life as well. He has conquered. He is that lion. He was crucified. He is that lamb. And therefore, He has control. He is Lord. Why not obey Him today? Are you a Christian? The Lord has a simple plan, not complicated. Do you believe? Will you repent? Will you confess? Will you be baptized? That puts you into Christ. If as a Christian, you wander away, you do things that you know you shouldn't do, maybe your life is not a living testimony to the power of God living in you each day. Maybe people can't see Christ living in you. You can seek His forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you, James 5, 16. We're going to have two of our elders up here waiting for you. Jonathan has selected a song to encourage you. Everything is prepared. Will you answer the call as we stand and sing for your encouragement? Please.